Hey, y'all. How are you guys doing? Good. Y'all, I am so excited to be here with you guys. I graduated six years ago, and it doesn't, it feels like a very long time. Like Miss Livengood, who has now told me I can call her Desiree, okay? Because we are friends. So like Des, no, I'm just playing. Doctor, I gotta put some respect. Like Dr. Desiree said, um, I did go to North Central and it was a very, very pivotal time in my life. I hate to say it because I don't want to be the stereotype, but it's true and I'm more than grateful, but I did meet my husband here. So if y'all are, it, it happens, okay? It happens. But it was not, it wasn't ring by spring, okay? It, it, was, it was quite the contrary for some of you who know me. It was a lot of springs until I got this ring, but I got it. Period. But in all seriousness, though, um, God brought me here today, back to North Central on purpose. God brought me here to tell you guys not to fear. And it's that simple. And the Holy Spirit's been working since the beginning of this service to help you guys understand. And I believe God has been preparing you guys for this for weeks because God's been preparing me for years to learn what it means not to fear. So with the heaviness that we all have today, I don't know what your heaviness is. I know what some of your heaviness is. But whatever that is that you're carrying, I want you to know that you don't have to fear. And today, God's going to do a few things in your guys' lives. For some of you, God is going to bring actual deliverance to a spirit of fear in your life. The reason why I know that is because I've fasted and prayed and because God has delivered me from a spirit of fear. For others of you, though, God will take you through a process to teach you to let go of your fear. Okay? Sometimes things that are in bondage have us, right? Sometimes things that have a stronghold on us, they're holding on to us. But there's other things in life that we hold on to. And God is going to take you through a process over the next few months, the next few years, hours, days, whatever that process is for you. And God is going to teach you that you don't have to fear. That that spirit of fear, wherever you got that from, it wasn't from him. So the scripture that we're going to be talking about today is 2 Timothy 1.7. If you have your Bibles, you can just keep it out there or your Bible app. 2 Timothy 1.7, you can just leave it there because throughout the rest of this 20, 30 minutes, we're going to be talking about 2 Timothy 1.7. It says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Before we go any further, though, I do want to say that when I'm talking about fear throughout this morning, I'm not talking about an actual chemical imbalance in your brain. I'm not talking about an actual um, mental illness or brain function or malfunction. We're not talking about, about that when we talk about fear. I understand anxiety is a real thing. Anxiety disorder and depression, I understand that. I, am that, I don't want us to confuse the two here. What I'm talking about is a spirit of fear that is wreaking havoc in our lives. But I do believe that the principles we learn today can be applied, though, too, to mental illness, okay? So why fear? The reason why I'm talking about fear this morning is because what fear does 
is fear aligns you with your enemy. The enemy is what you're supposed to be like positioned against, but what fear does is it puts you on the same team. It aligns you two together so that you walk in the same path, so that you're equally yoked with the enemy. Isn't that crazy? That's what fear does. The reason why fear aligns you with your enemy is because all fear is is getting you to believe a lie. Something that's not true, but something that you perceive could happen, might happen, should happen. Maybe it'll happen to me because it happened to someone else. Or maybe it already happened to me, so it's going to happen again. Or it happened to you, so it's going to happen to me, right? Have we all been there before? And it's a lie. The reason why we know that it's the enemy, though, is because the enemy is the father of lies. So it can only be Satan. The lies in your head can only be Satan because he's the father of lies. He's speaking his native tongue. That's what he does. So you can't believe it, right? So that's this fight is for, for belief, right, or faith. Have you ever trusted an enemy before? Have you ever trusted what the enemy said to you? I know that Adam and Eve trusted their enemy. In Genesis 3... Remember, Satan came up to them in the form of a serpent and said, did God really say? Ah, ah, you know, did did God really say? That's what I do when I don't believe people. I be, "Mm, mm, ah, I don't really know about that. That's what he did. He went up to them. Did God really say, though? Right? He said, here's what God wants to do. God knows that if you eat this fruit, you're going to become all-knowing like him, paraphrasing, of course. You're going to become all-knowing like him, and he doesn't want that. So what they did is they aligned themselves with the enemy, and they believed the lie. Have you ever believed your enemy? If you believe a lie long enough, that's when you act on it. Adam and Eve believed the lie long enough, and they ate of the fruit. But we're talking about us today, okay? Okay. I fear being alone with my thoughts because I don't want to deal with the pain of things that have happened to me. So I distract myself. So I overwork. So I overindulge. I fear that if I apologize and admit my wrongs, people won't respect me anymore. So I'm going to be tough. And I'm never going to admit my fault. They'll never let, I won't let anybody ever see me sweat fear. I fear that someone's going to find her more desirable than me. So when I'm around her, I'm going to like cut her down a little bit. I'm going to make little jokes. Ask her, girl, why are you wearing that? Who are you dressed up for? Fear. I fear people will think I'm too over spiritual. So I'm going to like cuss a little bit. So people think I'm a cool Christian. Right? (laughs) Somebody stop me. I fear that people don't think that I love Jesus enough because I'm in an environment where that's kind of the measure who loves Jesus the most. So I'm going to do the most. Catch me out here prophesying, speaking in tongues throughout the hallway, loud. You're going to know I love Jesus, right? Nobody's going to doubt I love Jesus. They already think I'm kind of weird anyway. You know what I mean? I'm going to overcompensate. Fear. 
I fear that my check won't cover everything this month, so I'm not going to tithe. Because me and God talked about it, and we were cool about it. Somehow God decided to go against his word for me. I don't know. I'm going to do one more because... No, I got three more. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) I fear that people will take advantage of me like they did in middle school. That people will mistreat me like they did when I was a kid. That people will talk down on me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut down. I won't say anything. I won't engage. I won't make close relationships. Because I can't feel that pain of being hurt again. I fear that I'm going to say something dumb or that I'm not going to be able to do the job well, so I'm just not going to try at all. I fear I'm going to be single forever and I don't want to go through this pain of a breakup, so I'm going to stay in this toxic relationship for as long as I feel like. Don't you see, though, how fear, how this tactic of the enemy, what he uses... Don't you see how that alters your life? Though Christ came to give us life and life abundantly, when we live and we walk in fear, we start to make decisions out of fear and we align ourselves with the enemy. And we start to live out the plan and the purpose that he has for us rather than what God has for us. So let's break this down. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit. Let's stop there. So the spirit that God did give us, right? That spirit, meaning pneuma or pneuma, however you guys, you know, are taught to say that word. That root word, meaning spirit, is breath, breath of life. So when you were born again, raised to life, right? Because what do you need to live? Breath in your lungs. So when the Holy Spirit breathed his breath into your life to give you new life again, That spirit that he gave you is not one of fear. So wherever you got that from is somewhere else, is not of God. It's of the enemy, right? For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, I'm going to spend a little bit of time here when it comes to the concept. What is fear? What does it look like? How does it continue to show up in our everyday lives? Well, that word fear can mean cowardice, timidity, But one of the most important ones that I realize that fear means is it's being insecure. It's insecurity. And wherever you got insecurity from, it's not from God. For some reason, like fear and insecurity, specifically insecurity, it just has a whole entire chokehold on some people. And I wouldn't say it if I didn't go through it. That's why I can stand up and say it. Insecurity will have a whole entire chokehold on your life. Here's what I think of when I think of insecurity. There was one time I was about to preach at a church, and I got two very different pieces of advice that day. The first piece of advice I got is someone said, are you nervous? And I was. And I said, yes, I'm very nervous. And they said, okay, good, because that's how you know you really care about it and you really understand. So, like, it's good to to have those nerves, you know, because you understand the weight of it. I said, okay, thank you. Like, you know, okay, I feel like I'm in a good place. I made the mistake of calling my dad. I called my dad and I said, hey dad, um, 
I'm, I'm nervous. I'm about to preach. Can you pray for me? And he said, uh, why are you nervous? And I said, well, I just don't want people to think. And he stopped me. And he said, Tara, number one, ain't nobody thinking about you. Do y'all know how many times I hear that in my head when I'm feeling insecure? Nobody's thinking about me. They're thinking about how you're thinking about them. Nobody's thinking about me. But then the second thing he said was, it's not about you. Like, you, you go up there and God's going to do what God's going to do. Like, it has nothing to do with how you come across. It's all up to God. I just have to be willing. I have to be a vessel. I got to pray and fast. So for those of you, too, who are in here for pastoral majors, you want to preach, you want to teach, if you want to do that, please, we need you. Make sure you pray and fast, please. It is so important. Please make sure you pray and fast. I'm going to leave that there. Because I know it's Friday, so some of y'all who's like, should I fast today? Looks like you are. Because... Also, like I said, insecurity can be so devastating because it makes you so obsessed with yourself. It makes you constantly consumed with what you're doing, how you're coming across, what you look like. And the reason why it's so devastating is because when you really dig deep down into insecurity and realize how much you obsess over how you come up across and, and all that, what you really see is the other side of the coin, which is pride. People think that insecurity and pride are opposites. They're the same thing. Because at the root of it, it's all about me. It's all about me. It's either I want you to, to think of me this way or I want you to think of me this way. I want you to see me better. And that's fear. That's the way that the enemy is digging into our lives is this pride and this insecurity that we got to let go of. At the root of it, we're just so consumed with what we want people to think about us. And how can we be focused on others? How can we consistently figure out how to love others and see other people when we're so focused on how people are going to see us? That pride and that insecurity. I want to ask a question, too. And I wouldn't answer it out loud, maybe later with your trusted community. But I do want to know, why are you so uncomfortable with people thinking of you as anything less than perfect? Why can't you let people see that? What, is, what does it say about you? What is that? Where did you get that from? And that's your job to find out why. What if they don't find you desirable? What does that mean for you? Truly, what, what does that make you feel like? What if you don't get the job? What, does that, what do you say about yourself? What do you have to sit with internally? What if you are still single at 30? Quieter than I ever heard y'all. What, what do you think that says about you? What does that speak about you? What does that speak about the goodness of God in your life? Why do you fear that? The question for you guys to wrestle with today is what are you really afraid of? And I want to touch on this last aspect, aspect of fear. I wasn't going to bring this up, but I am now. And Miss Dr. Leibengood did bring this up. Miss Dr. Friend Desiree Leibengood. I'm still working on it. The aspect of control. You know, I am one of those people who I can get along with controlling people. 
I really can. And everyone knows the controlling person in your life. Like, they always have an opinion. They want you to do things this way. Like, it's, it's a lot. We all, I don't have to explain how controlling people are. We know how those people are. And if you don't, it's you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know how you are. But the reason why I have such a compassion for controlling people is because I see what it is. It's fear. You're scared. And that's okay. It's not okay to stay in it, but it's okay to say it. You're scared. So you want to control everything in your life because there's something about you that doesn't trust what God said to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Who are you hearing from? What are you listening to? Fear can creep into your life in multiple ways. I'm not even going to go into people pleasing. I'm not. Maybe another time. But just one question. Are, and this is a question I ask myself, am I really empathetic? Am I really an empath? Or am I just a people pleaser and I'm just always looking at how to meet people's needs because I want them to like me? That's just a touch and go. That's what we call that. So God has not given you a spirit of fear. He didn't give you that spirit of insecurity that doesn't allow you to stand up and do the things that God's called you to do. You didn't get that from God. God didn't give you the spirit of pride that makes you constantly be at odds with everybody because you can't break that exterior, that you didn't get that from God. God didn't give you a spirit of control or people-pleasing. That's not from God, but you know what is. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So let's talk about it. This aspect of power that God gave you. When you break that down, do you understand that this word power, dunamis, means miraculous power? That you have power that you did not work for? Like in Isaiah, where he says, come and buy wine without, without money, without cost. Come and buy food without money and without cost. You didn't do anything to earn it, but you have it. You have this power. It's a miraculous power. This power gives you energy. When you break the word down, it says energy. I have energy to do the things that God's called me to do. Right? It says efficacy. I can do things efficiently. I can do things well because God has breathed life into me and I have power. That word means ability to perform, to do the things that God's called you to do with excellence. And the only people who walk in that are the people who realize that they have it. God has given you the spirit of power. You just have to use it. And love, perfect love casts out all fear, right? Because fear has to do with torment. Fear is torment. That's what fear is, is it torments your mind and it gets you to, to believe these lies and it's a constant battle in your mind. And I don't know about you guys, but I know I am so, so tired of fear wreaking havoc in my mind, of just always being nervous about what's going to happen or, you know, is God really going to show up? Is God really going to come through? Why don't we just stand and say, you know what, even if he doesn't, I know who my God is and I know what he does. I know the power that God has given me to walk in. Power, love, and of a sound mind. When you know you're loved, you know you're taken care of. I have a story for y'all. The other day, I got so scared, I almost threw up, y'all. I was so scared. I came home, and um, when I got home, I left the house about 4 o'clock. I came back late. I got home at like 11 p.m. I came home, 
I drove up to the house and my back door to my house was wide open, y'all. Wide open. Nobody was there. Me and my husband got home at the same time. Wide open. The reason why I almost threw up is because my dog lives in the house. I was so terrified, y'all. I love my dog so much. Please don't mistake me for a dog person. I'm my dog person, okay? I love my dog. And I was like, y'all, my, like, I really thought my dog is gone. I've been gone for hours and the door is wide open. She got out. Someone broke in. I didn't know what happened, you know, just those thoughts. I didn't know what happened. So I walk up to the door and I see my dog curled up next to the fire, which I also left on, but that's neither here nor there, curled up next to the fire, chilling. And I was shook, y'all. I was like, oh my gosh, she could have been gone. I don't know what I would do. Just had all these thoughts. I told one of my closest friends, Shamari, I told her about this. She goes, girl, where is she going to go? What is she going to do? She knows she's taken care of in this house. Like, what? The streets are better for her? She's going to go to the streets? (laughs) And at that moment, it hit me. When you are taken care of, when you know you're loved, you are not going anywhere. Okay? I understand that people have to deconstruct certain aspects of their faith. I get that. I get that sometimes we are told lies and we have to go back in the word and find out for ourselves. But when you know you're loved and you're taken care of, you don't go anywhere. Listen, God willing, I'm not going nowhere because I know where I'm safe. I know where I'm fed. I know where I'm taken care of. And I pray that God continues to help me see this love. You don't go nowhere. The last one, a sound mind. God has given you a sound mind. Something that I tell myself a lot throughout the day is I say my mind is a place of peace, not a breeding ground for torment. My mind is a place of peace, not a breeding ground for torment. My mind is a place of peace, not a breeding ground for torment. So when I'm driving on the highway and I'm like, oh, am I going to get in an accident today? You know, random stuff that the enemy be telling you. No, nope, my mind is a place of peace, not a breeding ground for torment. When I feel like, oh, I don't think I can do this. I'm not equipped to do the things that God's called me to do. My mind is a place of peace, not a breeding ground for torment, because that's what the word of God says. I have a sound mind. You have a sound mind. And I hope you don't feel like I'm getting on you. What I'm doing is I am getting on the enemy. I am ripping away the curtain to say all those things that have been tormenting you in your life. That is the enemy, and we're not going to stand for it anymore when we know what the word of God says. You have a sound mind. You have a sound mind. And God, I speak peace over this place right now in the name of Jesus. Whoever's been tormented in their mind, We bind up and we rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus and we call down the peace of the Holy Spirit right now. We may not have the answers. We may not know how it's going to happen, but we stand together in peace. We have the power of God that says no to the enemy. We have love to know no matter what happens, no matter what the outcome is, I am taking care of and I'm staying right here. We know that we have a sound mind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The hardest part about this is that the reason the enemy is going so hard after you, the reason why the enemy is going so hard after your faith 
It's because of what it says in Ephesians 6, 16. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. If your shield isn't up because you've lost faith in God, when you put that shield down, every dart that the enemy has, sometimes we put our faith in what the enemy says, but the enemy can only trick you. So he tricks you to put your shield down and then he attacks. That's why this fight is for faith. It's for who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the lies of the enemy or are you going to believe the word of God? And I know it's easier said than done. But I don't want to be beat up anymore and I don't want you guys to be beat up anymore because you don't have to be. Are you tired of not walking in your calling because you're scared? Are you tired of not doing what God has asked you to do because you feel like you just don't have it in you? I just can't do it. I don't, know. I don't think God gave me those gifts. You have power, you are loved, and you have a sound mind. Y'all, we got to work for this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So this is why, like I said, every day I tell myself, my mind is a place of peace, not a breeding ground of torment, and sometimes I don't get it right. But that's why in my car, I have a little index card, and I read it throughout the day, and it says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. My sister-in-law was in the car with me the other day, and she saw it, and she goes, Tara, are you okay? See, the do not fear. I said, nope. (laughs) Nope, I'm not, and that's why that's there. So I can see it and remind myself who God is because it's easy to forget. There are moments of weakness where I'm like, God, you straight up didn't come through. Can I be honest? I really thought that at some times. But like our sister told to us and like our sister sang to us this morning, wait. Wait on the Lord. He's going to renew your strength. It's not over yet. The story's not done. You have more life to live. There's more that God is doing. You just got to wait and trust and believe. It's It's 1139. I understand some of you guys have to go. But I understand some of you have to stay. I want to call up a couple people um, to come pray. If there's some, a prayer team or some staff to come up, um, and Shamaria, can you come up, please? And uh, Janet, can you come up, please? Uh, Pastor Stacy, can you come up, please? Some people that I'm calling up right now are um, pastors and mentors of mine who have helped me walk through this. And... Some of you need to be here. I'm not going to convince you because the Holy Spirit is already working on you. I know that. It's not my job to convince you. It's your job to respond to the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that if you want to. But in a second here, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to come down here if anyone wants to pray with me. I'm going to invite the worship team or maybe just the keyboard, whatever you guys have set up. And I want you guys to, to, to just play, and I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. If you want prayer this morning, if you feel like God has been preparing you, you know what, everybody close your eyes real quick, please.
If you feel like God is preparing you to let go of this fear. And if you want to reach out your hand in faith. To what God has for you. I'm going to count down in a second and I want to invite you guys to come and receive prayer. So let me pray and then I'll invite you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you look into the depths of our heart? As kind and as loving as you are, will you reveal to us where you want to give us freedom? Holy Spirit, this is your work. And I ask you to move. I ask you to move on the hearts that are fearful right now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to move on the what ifs. What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? I ask that you would meet those. Meet those thoughts with your spirit. God, I also lift up any diagnosis, any sickness, Lord God, that impairs the way our brains work. God, I ask for healing. God, I ask that you would meet those individuals where they are. God, I ask for a process of growth. God, whatever you have to do, whether it's in the form of medication, the right therapist, the right community, the right prayer life, I don't, I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but I know that you will. God, we call on you today to move. So right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask that you would do what you do. For the people in this room, God, that move in the prophetic, God, I ask that you would give them a word. God, we ask for healing today. Is there a worship leader that wants can, that can come up? Thank you. I understand that some of you have to go. But if not, I want to invite you guys. These altars are for you. This space here is for you. Don't feel pressure to come up here. But if you do want someone to pray for you, we are here for you. If you want to be at your seat, if you want to stand, if you want to kneel, if you need to go to the balcony, whatever, if you need to go to your room, like whatever you need to do. All I ask is that you take God seriously today. We'll be here to pray. The worship team is going to go ahead and lead us. But I just want you guys to know God is up to something today, and God's going to do it. So if you want prayer, please come forward.